Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. So last week, the regular season is on tap. And as the lines, as you might expect, are all over the place. But with me to break it all down is Ian Harditz, NFL analyst for Roto World. You can find him on Twitter at iHarditz. Ian, thanks for coming on. How's it going? Thanks for having me on, man. It's going good. Uh, I always like week 17, especially from just a DFS and gambling perspective, because, you know, it's one of those weeks where if you really grind your research, you know, find out what teams are doing with their starters, I can get more of an edge than normal. So uh, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, definitely more than any other week. I feel like sports bettors need to be really, really focused on the lines because when news comes out, the lines that we were just talking about before we started recording can shift in an instant. We've already seen it's Monday, right? So the lines really just looks mostly reopened on Sunday. Already we're seeing shifts of three, four, five points in some places. So you definitely want to be on it. And I don't know about you. You do a lot of fantasy work. I do a lot of fantasy work. I really like this time of year because like week 17, you've still got DFS and everything like that. But with the playoffs, we can not only just enjoy football for what it is, but also focus on it from a more sports betting perspective and not from a how many people are going to be mad at me for telling them that they could start Nick Chubb. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's yeah, really what I do. 100%. 100%. And we get to you know, focus on some of those individual matchups, especially more when the playoffs come and you know, we can, we can really make ourselves go crazy. I remember last year in particular, it was like, seemed like every single week I convinced myself that, you know, this was when the Patriots were finally going down because of X, Y, and Z. But, you know, uh, sometimes that's just the way a cookie crumbles. Yeah, well, we'll we'll be saying that again next year after they win uh, another <laughs> Super Bowl this year. Don't say that. that. Come on. Oh, come on. Dude, I am a Jets fan living in New England, so oh, uh, it's pretty much my nightmare. All right, but let's start really. I mean, we can talk about the Patriots, but let's start with the one game that every sports better is really just every football fan, frankly, in America is really dying to see the Browns at the Bengals. Uh, Browns playing two and a half. With a total of 45, I mean, you know, I really, this is why there is sports betting, because otherwise there would be nobody outside of the state of Ohio watching this game. But the Browns, they put up a fight against the Ravens in the beginning. You know, it looks like they might actually hold Lamar Jackson in check, especially since they won that first game. But really, in the end, they're just no match for them. They're completely dysfunctional. The Bengals almost draw the inside straight against the Dolphins for that miraculous comeback. They can't make it happen. They are now assured of the top pick in the draft. So who knows where their head is at? But how do you feel here? Any thing with the Browns laying two and a half and the total at 45 real quick how amazing was that Bengals Dolphins game man like you talk about some one of the best games ever between just two bad football teams <laughs> that was it entertaining was really from. really entertaining and you had that one and the Giants and the Washington game so it was yeah. really you know you just had these terrible games that everybody was was loving but yeah I mean by the way I don't know what has changed but all of a sudden teams are able to recover onside kicks with no problem you know the I know first, what is right, that I don't understand it, it the came first out of half, nowhere at first half of the season, there was just because they changed the rules, so you can't run up, you know, anymore. You've just got to be where you are. So they were way down, and all of a sudden, it's just like, all right, we need two onside kicks. Yeah, we can do that. No problem. So, yeah, it is weird, but, uh, you know, good to see. But, again, I'm sure the Bengals are, you know, nice to see that they put in an effort and also glad to see that they locked up the number one pick. For sure, for sure. And I think that's, you know, just looking at this game, it's neither team has anything to play for. With that said, we've at least seen more glimpses from this Browns team, especially in the second half of the season, that they can be – Maybe for stretch is a good football team. For the Bengals, I mean, look, they came back and they were able to make that Dolphins game a pretty entertaining uh, contested co- contest. But with that said, I mean, the Browns are the only team in this game that has been at least confused with an okay team for a little bit this season. So I'm seeing the lines right now, you know, Cleveland only minus two and a half. And I think I'm I think I'm, d- I'm down to lay those points because offense is playing a little bit better overall, I think, uh, in the second half of the season, like I said. And the big issue for the Browns, the first time they played the Bengals, was OBJ legit got locked up. 
up by William Jackson, who has done some shadow uh, coverage in the, here in the uh, last few weeks. So if he is out after suffering, I believe it was a shoulder injury, but I'm not positive. We'll see what injury reports say later in the week. But if William Jackson's out, like that's one of the last remaining true difference makers on that Bengals defense. So I think we could see the Browns and their more talented offense have success here. Yeah, I like it under a field goal. Uh, it opened at a field goal, so the fact that it's dropped underneath, I've already put a couple of units on them. Um, yeah, look, it, I never feel good about backing the Browns, right? And it's it's not about their talent. I mean, you know, again, we talked about it, you know, a lot during the season. They were by far the most bet Super Bowl winner and Mayfield by far the most bet MVP play. A lot of that is just public perception rather than whether or not it's justified. But they're not quite as bad of a team as they've seen. They're just really, really poorly coached. But in the end, it's just the talent gaps between the two teams at this point when you're getting you know only being forced to give you know less than a field goal I'm all over that now I feel dirty because you don't want to back the Browns in any shape or form but at this point I agree with you I think there is value on the Browns let's move on I, I think real quick I think we got yeah, to go think ahead. of this we're not betting on the Browns we're betting against the Bengals and you'll feel I love it, it. <laughs> that will definitely make me feel better when the Bengals recover an onside kick and win the game uh, in the last second all right Chargers at the Chiefs Chiefs laying seven and a half here the total at 46 and a half the Chiefs here I mean they do still have something to play for they're uh, at the two seat if they win and the Pats lose to Miami that is obviously not particularly likely although you know the Dolphins have a history of, of playing hard against the Patriots mostly in Miami but realistically the Chiefs still have something to play for here uh the Chargers are just a complete disaster basically on on both sides of the ball they have not played up to as well as their talent they dealt with a lot of injuries for much of the season but still you know probably Philip Rivers Swansong I guess there are probably going to be major changes coming into next year whichever way it goes and the Chiefs meanwhile I mean they now look to be rolling Mahomes looks fully recovered from his knee injury they look like they're peaking at the right time so uh, Chiefs at home here, still with a little something to play for, maybe laying seven and a half with a total of 46 and a half. So I think as long as they have something to play for, like that's enough for us. I mean, they're trying to slide in this two, number two seed. They're going to be playing Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and all the guys we care about until they're up by a good portion, which when the spreads, you know, uh, fairly modest, I think seven and a half. That's fine. That's all we need. It's not like we need them necessarily to be fighting for their playoff lives uh, just to back them here. I'm fine with this level of a, uh, you know, playoff just what what they're trying to accomplish and especially against this Chargers team that I think maybe fooled some of us in week 14 when they just blew out the Jaguars like that this could still at least be a pretty good offense week to week because we know the skill position talents there I mean whether it be Ken Allen Mike Williams Hunter Henry their pair of running backs everything's there it just has not been a great year at all for Rivers in fact it's been his second worst season of his career and QBR I mean the O-line has been a problem I don't want to put it all on Phil but with that said I mean yeah it, it just could could soon be his last swan song if it's not already. I think in this spot, the Chiefs are clearly the better team. I think lost in a lot of this Ravens hype recently is that the Chiefs might have found themselves a defense, man. Since the Week 12 bye, uh, you know, they have were able to beat the Pats and Foxborough. And other than that, they just shut down everyone. Only 31 points total allowed in December. I know we're used to Patrick Mahomes just having to outscore everybody, and I think they're still capable of doing that, especially when we've seen this offense finally get healthy in recent weeks. But the defense all of a sudden isn't quite the same pushover. So, I, like, I was on a pod last week, man. I had to give a bold take for the rest of the way, and I think the Chiefs are going to kind of coast through the playoffs and even take down Lamar Jackson and coast. So uh, I think this will definitely be a good first start to get that going. 
I like it. That is bold, um, but I think if there is one team that can do it, it is them because, yeah, they are clicking on all cylinders, not just offensively, but also defensively. Here, you know, obviously you're laying more than a touchdown. It's always a little nerve-wracking, but in the end, we've seen Phillip Rivers, you know, although the, the classic Phillip Rivers is, you know, he's got two minutes, he's down three, and that's the situation <laughs> he finds himself in every time. Um, but realistically at this point, I just whatever is going on with him, it, it's been odd. Not only, of course, is he playing terribly, but the approach has been so weird. It's like as soon as they get down, as soon as there's any time running on the clock, it's just like he's just chucking balls deep every time. It's like they have no idea how to run at this point a cohesive offense. So in terms of the backdoor cover, I'm not all that worried about it. And I feel okay here with this number at the Chiefs laying seven and a half because I do think they're rolling. I think even if they sort of probably realize that, you know, the Pats almost certainly are not going to lose to the Dolphins, they still want to go into the playoffs strong and on a high note and get in there. So I would be fine laying the seven and a half. Um, and I'd probably, you know, be okay with eight, eight and a half. Once it gets past there, I get a little nerve wracking, but I think they're going to be able to cover a big number in this one. Let's move on to my jets at the Buffalo bills. Bills <laughs> here are laying one with a total of 36. Uh, this spread is obviously influenced by the fact that the bills have nothing to play for. They're uh, locked in at the number five seed after losing to the Patriots. Uh, they'll probably wind up playing, playing the uh, Texans in the playoffs, but, you know, not 100% set. But they're a really solid football team overall, but you have to think. I don't. I haven't seen anything on it yet, but you have to assume they're going to be resting the majority of their skilled players. Meanwhile, the Jets win against the Steelers, helped out mostly by their defense, which remains strong. They've been playing, you know, they're a competent football team at this point. They're not, you know, world beaters or anything like that, but they'll put up a game. Buffalo's a tough place to play, but again, not sure what to do here. I don't think that they've come out and said what they're going to do with their starters. So Bill's laying one, total of 36. Yeah, so they interviewed Sean McDermott earlier, and he basically said they're not sure what they're going to do yet. He's still going to have conversations with uh, the GM and the front office. I mean, to me, that just sounds like they're not going to play the starters at this point. I feel like, you know, you take a Bill O'Brien approach and say, you know, we're here to win right away. If that, you know, if there's any kind of hesitation with it, to me, that hints that they're going to be resting the starters, but obviously a situation to watch throughout the week. The question just is how many starters? Because, I mean, if it's only Josh Allen and they're kind of, you know, rolling out their first team defense again, that version of the Bills could easily still beat this Jets, Jets team at home. I how dare you? How I dare am... you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I know, I know. I agree with you that they've looked better recently. I mean, they've won five of seven games. Like, that's shocking to me. Now they've the wins have come against Giants, Redskins, Raiders, Dolphins, and, you know, Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges Steelers team. So not the most impressive victories, but with that said, man, like, you know, you see them flash and the defense when they have Jamal Adams healthy out there, they can at least make some plays and slow down some offenses. I mean, that touchdown Sam Darnold through Robbie Anderson last week, just, I, I, need, I need to see Sam Darnold without Adam Gase for at least three years before I consider writing that guy off. Cause he just yeah. makes a couple of throws every, every week or so that you know, just makes you shake your head. Cause he can, he can make any throw on the field, but anyway, this spot, I think there's just too much uncertainty right now. I'm staying away at the moment. I think the Jets should win, but just kind of based on what we've seen from them, Buffalo being at home and uncertainty around what starters could be out, I'm probably just going to stay away from this one. Yeah, I can totally see that. And, you know, the the most Jetsian thing to do would be to go up against all backups and get blown out by, like, exactly. points, right? <laughs> but, I, you know, the one thing about the Bills is I, I assume Josh Allen's not going to play. I mean, they've played a couple of tough games. You know, they played the Ravens and they played the Patriots. You know, some tough games where they're getting beat up. It makes sense for them to rest here. Uh, but Matt Barkley's not, like, a 
pushover. You know, he he played all right when he was in there earlier in the season, yeah. right? So he can definitely move the ball depending. But again, it depends. Are you going to take out John Brown and Cole Beasley? Like, where are we going to be left with? I think I'd probably lean towards the Jets. I think this is the type of thing that they do to hurt their draft position and they win these types of games. But um, it's not anything I'm overly excited about, especially with the uncertainty. And regardless, Buffalo is a really, really difficult place to play, especially at this time of year. The fans are insane because this is really all they have going on this and the Sabres. And they're going to be out there no matter who is under center. And they're going to it's going to be cold. So I, I love I, the thinly veiled AFC East parting shots. you got. Uh, well, to be there. fair, man, I went to school <laughs> in Buffalo. All right. I've been there. I know how it is. It's crazy. Um, But yeah, again, a divisional game like this, whatever. But I do think that the Jets as of right now, I, I'm, I have a little bit on the Jets right now. I'm assuming they're going to rest pretty significantly most of their starters but either way that doesn't guarantee victory uh you know for sure but uh in the end it's something to wait and see but I think I'd be willing to risk it a little bit on the Jets because I do think that they'll probably find a way to pull this one out uh let's move on here to the Saints at the Panthers Saints laying 13 and the total at 47 and a half so a lot up in the air here for the Saints I think they could finish anywhere from the number one seed to the number three seed so they're going to want to win here they continue to play well despite being hit hard by injuries with their run defense in particular. Meanwhile, the Panthers are just terrible right now. They're probably going to be down. DJ Moore, who left uh, last week early on with a concussion. Will Greer is getting another start. That does not bode well for their offense. Uh, it's going to be all about whether they can get Christian McCaffrey enough total yards for him to go down in history. So Saints laying a big number on the road here, 13 with the total at 47.5. I was about to say, the only number we know is that – uh, McCaffrey needs 67 receiving yards to get to that 1K, 1K club. You know that's what they're going to be forcing to do. I mean, they've already started it they're, these last two weeks. I mean, 15 targets for Christian McCaffrey last week. That's just absurd. I mean, for He DJ got all Moore, of them, though, man. He got all of them. Hey, man, it's the fact that McCaffrey has done what he's done this year with a mix of a hurt Cam Newton, Kyle Allen, now Will Greer at quarterback is just absolutely insane. I mean, just imagine what this guy could do in an offense where – Maybe, you know, all 11 guys weren't keying up to stop him every yep. play. But, no, I don't think – nothing in this offense over the past, like, two months has told me that this Panthers team is really capable of uh, putting together a complete effort. They look competitive at times. I mean, they still – even though their run defense is just easily the worst in the league by about any metric you want to look at. Like, James Bradbury, uh, Ross Cockrell's been making some plays lately. They have some talent in that secondary, but – they just cannot stop anyone on the ground. I mean, it's like the Panthers and the Jaguars. If you want to make money in DFS, you just play whatever running backs are going against those guys. Yep. I mean, they've allowed 29 rushing touchdowns this year. The Jaguars and the only other team, even over 20. It's just not even close. Shaq Thompson's banged up. It's not all those guys' fault, but they haven't been able to stop anyone. And again, you know, like we we're talking about with the Chiefs, if there's any sort of motivation, that's enough for me. So I, I think the Saints probably roll here. 13's a lot. Like, I probably wouldn't put a ton down on this, but with that said, man, they're a better team. They just beat the Titans by 10 in a game that they, you know, kind of took the first half off, and I think, you know, we would never confuse the Titans with this Panthers team uh, in terms of who's better. So, I do like Saints uh, minus 13. Yeah, I am probably going to stay away from this game, but I agree. If there is a side, it has to be the Saints. I just can't take that many points, man. I yeah. mean, these these games, right, where there's only right. one other game with a, with a spread like that right now. It's the Dolphins-Pats, and I certainly have some thoughts on that one. This one, it's just a game where I can't oh, – I'm watching Will Greer with – painful against the Colts so I, oh, I can't man, yeah. imagine him keeping this game close but 13 points it's just it's one of these things where I look at them like the value is probably on the Panthers there's no way I could back the Panthers on this game <laughs> um, if forced to go one way I would probably go the Saints but it's probably more of a stay away from me let's move on to the Bears and the Vikings Vikings laying seven with a total at 41 and a half we're recording this before Monday Night Football so we don't know what's going to happen tonight between the Vikings and 
and the Packers. But even if the Vikings win, they need the Packers to lose next week to the Lions to even have a shot at the division. That's probably not going to happen. So they're already heavily injured at running back. Dalvin Cook is not going to play tonight. Probably Alexander Madison is not going to play tonight. It's probably a good bet that they'll rest some starters here. Unless, you know, if they win tonight and they have that out, then, you know, they'll, they'll play their starters, I'm sure. But, you know, if they do lose tonight, it's a good chance that they're going to rest everybody just to get healthy for the playoffs. Meanwhile, the Bears remain decent defensively, but I will generously say that they are inconsistent offensively. Uh, it's been mostly a lost season for them. Mitch Trubisky has certainly uh, disappointed, uh, <laughs> you know, especially our good oh, friend man. Mike Tagliere. So what do you think here? I mean, obviously a little difficult to analyze this one, not knowing exactly what they're going to be rolling out there, but Vikings laying seven with a total of 41 and a half. I do agree the Vikings do seem like a team where if they don't have anything to play for, I mean, they're not going to put their guys in harm's way. Uh, we've seen them in the past with injuries and things, use limited snaps and really kind of be cognizant of uh, what their situation is. So uh, especially, you know, Dalvin Cook and you know, potentially Adam Thiel and these guys that are clearly not at 100 uh, percent could definitely see them hitting the bench more often. Man, this Bears offense, it really seemed like they were starting to gel. And I know the matchups were nothing, which is why we got to be careful, you know, when really evaluating good three-game stretches. But played really well against the Giants, Lions, and especially Cowboys. Then we just get these back-to-back duds against the Packers and Chiefs. There is impossible to trust, man. I mean, I'm with you. It's like I, I want to take the Bears plus seven. I still think their defense is very solid. The biggest problem with the defense, they've had some injuries. Akeem Hicks, uh, most notably, although he's been yeah. back the last few weeks. But – their defense isn't the problem. The problem is the offense can't keep their defense off the field for even a little bit. And like, obviously they're not scoring points either. So unless the defense wants to, you know, find a way to put points up on their own, it's been a struggle all year. So if anything, Bears plus seven, because, you know, I do think the Vikings are going to be trending towards resting starters. If that happens, I think we're going to see a line sink. But, you know, kind of like you're saying, you don't want to bet on the Panthers. I don't want to bet on this Bears team. So I'm probably going to be staying away. Look, man, I don't know what you're talking about. If you heard Chris Collinsworth last night, he basically was like Mitch <laughs> Trubisky is as good as Patrick Mahomes. So I don't know. Uh, what's, he what's just needs more weapons, man, right? Uh, just more That's weapons. Alan Port, you know, if only had somebody better than Allen Robinson, you know, who'd be like the eighth best receiver on the Chiefs or whatever. I saw them saying. do like a side. It wasn't a side-by-side, but they're like showing a Mahomes throw and then a Trubisky throw after like yes. trying to show. It's like, no, these are not even comparable. Mahomes is making. Yeah. And like three dudes miss and Trubisky's yeah. rolling out of a clean pocket. I, It's so annoying we get these comparisons, but hey, man, it is what it is. But I guess yeah. we're just trying to make some money on it. <laughs> I mean, look, he's just trying to make people want to watch a game that was over after the first quarter over there. So, uh, look, I, first of all, I love Allen Robinson. He's one of my favorite receivers. So I'm really disappointed that he has had to play pretty much his entire career with terrible quarterbacks. And I feel bad for the Bears defense, which you just know, right? As soon as, like, they give up a score or something like that, they're like, well, this game's over yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have nothing we could do so but with that said for me i'm gonna watch this game closely tonight if the vikings lose i feel very confident that they're gonna rest everybody going in you know they it's yeah. it's a winnable and it, yeah, they're a great team it's a winnable nfc a lot of the teams are good but they can beat any one of those teams they're a really really solid team i think they're gonna rest guys if so I'm going to take the plunge and go for the Bears at seven before the line drops because I do think that, again, you mentioned it, they they can look competent offensively at yes. times, right? They, they certainly can, and some of it was matchup-based, but, you know, I, I really think they can. And, I, you know, the Vikings are really beatable uh, against the pass, especially if they rest, you know, their starters offensively. I think the defense can at least go on a high note. So if they lose... Uh, if they lose tonight and they're locked into the wild card spot, they've got nothing to play for next week. I'm just going to pound uh, the Bears getting the 
seven. I was about to say, I'd feel so much better about backing the Bears if, like, the one, like, like you said, the one weakness in this Vikings team is their secondary and specifically their cornerback group. And that just so happens to be like, we, we have to now trust Mitch Trubisky to exploit that. So I get it. I if get it was it. the run defense or something, I'd feel so much better. But. That's funny because <laughs> I would feel not at all better trusting David Montgomery behind that line. You but, know what? Uh, That's a very good point. I didn't think yeah. that went all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather trust uh, Robinson and uh, Anthony Miller and everything like that. But anyway, let, let's see what happens tonight, and uh, that'll really color how we feel about the game. Let's move on here to the Falcons at the Bucks. Bucks here are laying one with the total at 49 and a half. Uh, Falcons finishing strong here. Julio Jones needs about 100 yards to finish with his sixth consecutive season of at least 1,400 yards receiving. The defense is playing much better over the second half of the season. Uh, but you know what? The Bucks defense is playing a little bit better too. They've been, you know, everybody's been talking about how weak their pass defense is for most of the season. It's played a little better as we've gotten here to the end. James Winston's going to turn the ball over three times in this game, but he'll also complete passes to Justin Watson and Brashad Perriman. And the tight ends, how do you feel here about the Bucks laying one with a total of 49 and a half? You know, I'm looking at that total and I'm agreeing with everything you just said about the defenses. I think the under could be the play here. And it's just... If, we, if we're getting the full versions of both these offenses, sure, I think they would be good enough to put up points on each other. But Julio's done his thing lately. But, like, the reason the Falcons have been able to run the ball at all this year is because they've gotten games against the Jaguars and Panthers. Like, that's it. Again, you can run those teams. Devontae Freeman really, uh, you know, looking like kind of an older Marion Barber for the rest of the season unless he's been playing one of the league's uh, worst rush defenses. And then Buccaneers, I mean, kudos to Jameis for getting Brashad Perryman over 100 yards last week. You know, he still made that game competitive but you know four picks I think we kind of saw what this offense is like when you take away the top two wide receivers who just so just so happen to also be two of the league's more talented wide receivers you know just at the position in general so I mean nothing on Jameis yeah obviously he needs to clear up the turnovers a little bit but like expecting him to produce without Gobb and without Evans is just kind of asking a lot they haven't been able to run the ball all season the Falcons have been playing better uh, on defense since their bye week. And they've been a pretty uh, average to above average team in general over the last month, month and a half. So uh, I'm not quite sure who wins this game, but yeah, under 49 and a half is my play. Yeah, I love it. And the total is trending down. It opened at 50 and a half. So I think the sharp betters are probably with you and it might continue to trend down. So if you like it, get involved with it now. I agree with you on the total. If forced to go one side or another, I'd probably go the Falcons just because again, He's so decimated, man. I mean, losing the big two at wide receiver is really tough. Brashad Perriman played great, and, you know, Justin Watson was involved. But I, I just I don't think in the end they're going to be able to pull this one out. But I don't have a strong feeling about it. I agree with you completely that the under is the play. And I think that if you do like the under, you should get it now because I think it's going to continue to trend down. Before we move on, I want to tell everybody about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM, and specifically the BetMGM Sports app. With the BetMGM Sports app, you can place a bet right from your phone. Here's all you need to do. Search for the BetMGM Sports app in your app store, download it, and sign up for an account. And when you sign up, you're going to want to use our promo code Harris. That's my last name, Harris. Because when you do, you're going to get a risk-free $500 bet. If you lose your first bet, BetMGM will refund it up to $500 for future wagers. These things where they basically give you guaranteed winning bets are kind of frequent with BetMGM this past weekend. If you placed a $1 money line bet on the Chiefs to beat the Bears, you not only won your bet, but you also won $100 in free bets just because Patrick Mahomes completed a single pass. Seriously, there are a ton of great things on the app, but you need to sign up for an account and use our promo code Harris. These winnings are paid in free bets. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet, and certain restrictions apply. 
Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's move on to another big spread here. Dolphins at the Patriots. Currently, Patriots laying 16 with a total of 45.5. Pats have locked up the division. They need to win to ensure that they've got the bye, which they desperately need. They don't look particularly good right now. I mean, still defensively, they're strong, but offensively, it's been a struggle for pretty much the whole year, but no one is going to want to play them in the playoffs just because they're the Patriots. The Dolphins fight, and they fight hard. Uh, They're not going to get the top pick in the draft, but you know Fitzmagic is going to always try to keep them in there, so it's a big number here. Patriots Playing 16 with a total of 45 and a half. So the one thing that really sticks out to me, we have seen, you know, Fitzpatrick and this offense be entertaining, specifically downfield to Devontae Parker and Mike Jasicki. But the one thing that hasn't changed with Dolphins team all season, just how atrocious their defense is. I mean, in their last six games, they've allowed 37, 41, 31, 22, 36, and 35 points. I mean, you cannot ask for a better just get right spot for the Patriots before the playoffs. And I mean, they've had the best schedule layout all season long, so why stop now? But um, the Dolphins are playing better on offense. Like I said, they got shut out by the Patriots 43-0 back when they played in Week 2. I think we could both agree that was kind of a different Dolphins team and also clearly a different Patriots team since Antonio Brown was suiting up uh, in that week. So I'm I'm seeing 45-and-a-half as the over right now, but on some other books, it's been a little bit uh, lower. If it's underneath 44, I kind of like the over here. I just think that the Dolphins can't stop anyone. And Fitzpatrick, I mean, the guy's going to be slinging it out there, and I think he can maybe do enough to give him the end zone once or twice. And at that point, that's all we need. Yeah, I think because of that, I kind of like the taking the points here with the Dolphins. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I, they're not going to win the game. They're not going to keep it close. But there's so many opportunities here for a backdoor cover, right? Because Fitz is just going to keep going. He, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, you know, you worry a little bit about Gilmore taking away Parker, which he's able to do. And they're not really going to be able to run the ball. I mean, even Miles Gaskin is going to be out for this game, I'm sure. So it's going to be Patrick Laird. So they really can't do anything there. But I think there's going to be enough there to probably get 16s just, I mean, before this season, numbers like this did not exist just as a matter of course, right? Now, all of a sudden you're like, oh, what's the spread up? Oh, 17, great. Maybe we'll take that. There's just, for me, there's too much value here with the Dolphins and the Patriots they're just not that good offensively like even with how bad the Dolphins are defensively I don't think they're going to be able to put up like a 40 spot on this team and just sort of win going I mean all you got to do for the Dolphins to be able to cover this number is like to put up I don't know put up 14 points or something score two touchdowns and I think they'll be able to so for me I'm looking more at the spread here at 16 it's just it's too much man it's too much yeah. for me and one thing I would add like yeah it's not looking good for Devontae Parker this matchup but the one guy, I mean, I was rewatching that uh, Bengals and Dolphins game earlier today. The other guy that stood out in that Dolphins offense was Albert Wilson. He had a lot of hype going into the season, but was really dealing with a calf injury for most of the year. And he really has explosiveness back. And, you know, just watching what Cole Beasley did that Patriots secondary with Jonathan Jones out last week with that groin injury, Wilson could do some damage out there. There's holes in the Patriots defense. That's why, I mean, yeah, I can see them covering that 16 points, and I could also see both teams getting over that, you know, 43, 44 mark. Yeah, and again, they're involving Gasicki a lot more now as well. So the fact that, that that's happening, I mean, they're, they're going to be able to move the ball. And with 16, man, I just doesn't take that much to cover that spread. Yep. So I'm going to I'm gonna lay the points and probably feel pretty dirty doing it, but whatever. <laughs> um, let's move on to the Packers at the Lions. Packers laying 10 and the total at 41.5. We just talked about the fact that we have not yet seen tonight's game. If the Packers win, then I believe they secure a bye if they win next week. And if they lose, then they're going to be in the position where they'll need to win to get the division. So I think under all circumstances, they're going to be motivated here. 
And then you've got the Lions. David Blau is not really an NFL quarterback. They continue to do whatever they can. Kerryon Johnson came back, but certainly you wouldn't expect them to be able to hang with the Packers. Although the Packers are not that good of a team, despite the fact that they may get a buy here. So what do you think here? Packers laying 10, total of 41 and a half. I think it's that last point, man. It's, you know, I think they could be a good team, but particularly their defense just isn't the same kind of group of world beaters I thought they were kind of looking like earlier in the season. I mean, just with, I mean, weeks one through three, I mean, one of the big storylines was like how Yair Alexander is one of the league's next best corners. And then, you know, Amari Cooper kind of decided that that was not going to be the case. But, you know, they added Darius Smith, uh, Preston Smith, and they, they were getting some pressure. But with that said, Teams have really been able to run on them. They also haven't been great at stopping explosive plays. Or you know, Kevin King's been banged up. The defense really isn't anything impressive. Impressive, and I agree with you, David Blau, not an NFL quarterback. With that said, they've scored 17 to 20 points in three or four games with them underneath, underneath uh, center. I think 41 and a half is just too low. Uh, the Lions' defense has been very rough recently. You know, they're starting to deal with some injuries in their defensive line. Line kind of one thing they've done somewhat well over the last few months has been stopped to run, but now that's starting to get uh, jeopardized to draw Davis in the IR recently and things of that nature. And look, the Packers, they've done a good job getting Devontae Adams going and really other than Aaron Jones, kind of a little bit more sporadically, it's been tough uh, elsewhere. So I do think we're going to see them continue to try to get this offense to Joe, kind of like similar to New England. We have not seen them peak really yet on offense. So this could be a really good spot for them to try to get that rolling. Um, 10, they can, I think they can get that too. I, mean, I don't hate backing the Packers here, but uh, I'm just more confident. And I think these teams combining for 42 or more. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I, I don't want any piece of the spread. I mean, if I had to go one way, it'd be the Packers just because, right. you know, you can see they're going to be motivated. They desperately need a win regardless of what situation they find themselves in. But I agree with you that the total is going to be there. I mean, the, the Lions, again, they find a way to put up points every week. I, they put up 17, you know, this past week against, you know, not, not an easy matchup uh, against Denver. And I do think the Packers, they, you know, offensively, they're really not that impressive because they haven't found that second option in the receiving game other than Devontae Adams. You know, I, who's their number two wide receiver right now? Is it Alan Lazard? I mean, who, who is it at this point? That's <laughs> it's, the point. It's probably Lazard. You know, you got Jimmy Graham's corpse running out there a little <laughs> yeah. bit doing a few things. But no, it, it's just been rough. And they're talking about like their big change going to this game is like Jake Kumaro's getting more reps. Yeah. And then, like, nothing against Jake Kumaro, but like cl- clearly this is a team, you know, I hear all these draft pundits talking about how this 2020 wide receiver class is just like the best ever and there's a team that really needs to invest in number two receiving options the Packers yeah absolutely but again you know part of what the Packers have done this year is they've run the ball pretty effectively all season you can run on the line so I I do think that they're going to be able to put up points at, you know somewhat on both sides so I agree with you with the uh, total I do not want any part of the spread right now if I had to it'd be the Packers but I certainly wouldn't want to get involved with it uh let's move on to the Redskins at the Cowboys uh, Cowboys here are laying 10 and a half with a total at 44 and a half. Uh, this game kind of epitomizes this week in that it's a game I have absolutely no idea how to handicap. I mean, the Redskins, they continue to play hard. They lose in overtime uh, against the Giants. Dwayne Haskins has already been declared out. Case Keenum certainly capable of moving the ball as he did uh, against the Giants. Meanwhile, the Cowboys likely lose the uh, NFC East over here with their loss to the Eagles. Uh, Dak Prescott's shoulder did not look particularly, you know, right in that game. Amari Cooper was left on the bench at various points. So was Randall Cobb. The Cowboys can still get into the playoffs if they win and the Eagles lose to the Giants, which is certainly a possibility which we'll get to when we get to that game. <laughs> uh, so there's motivation here, right? They're not completely going to be like, okay, we're done. But 10 and a half points and a total of 44 and a half. I don't know about you. I, I, I prefer the Redskins uh, getting that amount of points. But let me hear your thoughts. 
Yeah, I don't think this Cowboys team deserves to be favored by double digits right now, really, against anyone. Against but anyone. At, this, at the same time, you know, they, they look like world beaters two weeks ago against the Rams. I mean, it's, it's just been such a Jekyll and Hyde team all season long. And I, the one thing that really sticks out to me in this game, like other than the Cowboys, just kind of general inconsistency, is just this Redskins defense has really fallen apart. And they, they just have so many injuries. I mean, number one cornerback, Quentin Dunbar, their slot cornerback, Fabian Moreau. Uh, both of them are all sorts of banged up. I mean, they've been trying to bench like Josh Norman for the entire second half, and they actually had to run him out there a little bit just because so many other guys were banged up. But, I mean, they're fresh off allowing 37 and 41 points to the Eagles and Giants, who, you know, I think we'd agree don't really have the same offensive firepower that the Cowboys had. With that said, I mean, there's no reason why the Cowboys should have just scored nine points against that Eagles secondary that was down to their backup cornerbacks by the second half. So I think I'm just staying away here. Uh, I, you know, it would make sense to me if it goes over and the Cowboys win, but I do not have a read with this Cowboys team right now. I mean, they have to play hard because, again, they they win the NFC East if the Eagles lose the Giants and they get this win. So. Based on what's happened this division all year, certainly wouldn't be the craziest thing, you know, the craziest way to end the season. Seems like this is kind of what we're destined to see happen. But uh, I just don't have enough confidence really in the Cowboys to put any money on them here. I mean, the Cowboys could easily win this game by 25 points, right? Easily. Or they could lose it. I mean, that that's the problem, right? You go and you're like, I really have no idea what we're going to see. I mean, I think for me, what it comes down to is this. I think the Redskins are going to be able to put up points here. Uh, I, you know, their offense has not been embarrassing. I mean, Haskins has played better in recent weeks than I expected. And again, I think Keenum improves the offense because he's a, a a capable sort of backup quarterback. Terry McLaurin is still playing well. Adrian Peterson is still effective in that backfield somehow. Um, so I, I do think they're going to be able to put up points. And I really think, honestly, what this comes down to is I really don't. I think Prescott's shoulder is is messed up. I, I think, you know, he, he made one throw yesterday where I was like, ooh, that, that looks kind of like the Dak of old. But other than that, really wasn't there. So I don't think they're just going to be able to, to go crazy with it. I mean, they'd be smart to just kind of pound Zeke. But we'll see. But in the end, you're getting more than the key number of 10. I would take that. And again, this is trending down, by the way. It opened up at 11.5. It's now at 10.5. So I could see it continuing to go down. I think the sharp money is probably going to come in on the Redskins on this one. So for me, I'd probably take the Redskins if you can get that hook with over 10. Uh, once it drops to 10 or a little bit below, I'd be a little more nervous about it. But as now, I'm going to fire a couple of bets uh, on the Redskins getting that hook. Let's move on also, here to Red, real buddy. quick. It also yeah. seems like Amari Cooper can't be 100 percent right now. I mean, they're talking about he wasn't on the field on you know that fourth and eight play because wasn't a formation they were calling all right. this. But I, I mean, come on, man! Like four or five weeks ago, it was like how you couldn't watch one game without seeing just five awesome route running highlights from the guy creating like 10 yards of separation, and we just haven't seen that. And he was listed on the injury report pretty regularly with kind of like knee calf injuries throughout the first half of the season and just kind of once they established that he was going to keep playing through this I think they kind of took him off so same thing with Dak even if he's out there and kind of toughing it out not 100% yeah 100% great point there um I guarantee you almost as soon as the Cowboys season is over you're gonna hear that Amari Cooper is scheduled for surgery exactly. uh, you're right exactly so yeah look he's trying to gut it out but you know they're not at 100% for me again the bigger thing is Dak because I think if you can't make those throws that he's capable of making it just you know the offense certainly at 10 and a half there's enough of a, a reason to think that there'd be a backdoor cover at absolute worst let's move on here to the Colts at the Jaguars Colts laying three and a half with a total of 43 the Colts win handily against uh 
the Panthers, but they really do very little offensively. It's mostly two punt returns from Naheem Hines and an inept offense by Carolina that we talked about earlier. Meanwhile, the Jaguars are a complete disaster on both sides of the ball. They lose uh, against the Falcons by 12. If not for that game that they somehow won against the Raiders in the last game in Oakland, we'd just be betting against them completely. Last time these two teams met, the Colts won by 20. I don't know about you. At this point, I, I honestly, I thought the spread would be more like Colts minus five. So I, I, you know, I like it at three and a half, but let me know your thoughts. Three and a half total of 43. Yeah, no, I really like the Colts here. I mean, you're right. Naeem Hines took those punt returns back and that was kind of the big plays, but the Jack, I mean, the Panthers couldn't slow down this Colts rushing offense the entire game. I mean, both Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins were just kind of having their way uh, with them. And that's because one, the Panthers are awful. Like I said before, Panthers and, oh, look, here we go. The Jaguars are the two defenses that you can run on no matter what. And the Colts, you know, the one constant they've had this season, uh, you know, wide receivers banged up, backfields banged up. Jacoby's been a little bit inconsistent. The one consistent factor has been their offensive line. Now, this is maybe the only offensive line injury you need to truly like hang your hat on this week. But Quentin Nelson is currently in the concussion protocol. If he gets, like, if he's cleared, then I think the Colts can just run the ball down the Jaguars' throats all game. I I never want to say a team is just quitting because I think just, like, the nature of NFL football, like, you can't just quit out there. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get embarrassed. And these guys are still out there playing for a job. And, like, even last week, you know, the Falcons got up quick on the Jaguars. Still only won that game by 12 points. So I think saying they just kind of quit on the whole thing is a little bit strong. With that said, I mean, like, he's, uh, other than that Raiders comeback that just came out of nowhere, the Jaguars have lost by... 23 points, 20 points, 22, 17, 35, and 12. I mean, it's not they're, not they're not just losing. They're getting blown out. And I think this is just a bad matchup for them stylistically with the Colts offense that all they want to do is run the ball and the Jaguars with they have five or six off-ball linebackers on IR, on IR at this point. They just can't stop anybody on it. I like the Colts, and, yeah, I'd like them at a higher number as well. Yeah, me too, man. We're, we're in agreement on this one. The Jaguars just look like the defense looks like they just – don't have all that much interest in yeah. tackling people i wondered whether or not the firing of tom coughlin would like sort of signal something they'd be like oh you know yeah it would we're released let's let's play loose but they, they were just terrible in that game so yeah i'm completely i'm all over the colts here at three and a half and uh, i'd be willing to do it even if it rose a couple of points which you know right now it doesn't show any signs of doing so before we hit our last games, I want to remind everyone about our giveaway. It is a signed Michael Thomas Saints helmet. You can go to bettingpros.com slash contest for more details. But to enter, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. And if you have already entered a previous contest, you are automatically entered for this one. So no worries there. Now, the Thomas helmet, all of our signed helmets, they come from Pristine Auction, where they offer a ton of great memorabilia with thousands of auctions every day. Just go to pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com and when you go there use our promo code betting pros and win a free $5 voucher instantly alright let's move on here to the Eagles at the Giants Eagles laying 4.5 with a total of 45.5 Ian uh, what are you up to next weekend do you have any plans next weekend uh, yeah, is you that New Year's this weekend no no this weekend coming up do you have any plans uh, yeah I'm about, I'm about to watch my Ohio State Buckeyes get that W over Clemson back Oh, that's awesome. Well, good luck with that. But if you get bored, do you want to catch any passes for the Eagles? Because I just checked on LinkedIn and there are five different where you're going with I know. That. I, I, I froze you a little bit. I wanted to see. I wanted to lead you a little bit. But it's all right, man. I like your style. Uh, legitimately, they have nobody to throw the ball. Zach Ertz fractures his ribs. He's uncertain for next week. J.J. Arthago-Whiteside is banged up. I don't know about his status. Uh, they hold their destiny in their own hands. 
but it's Dallas Goddard and Greg Ward and Miles Sanders. Apparently, Jordan Howard is going to come back for this game. I don't think that matters whatsoever because the one bright spot has really been Sanders in that offense. What they have, though, might be enough against the Giants, who defensively continue to look awful. Offensively, Saquon Barkley dominates the Redskins. Both Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard heavily involved. Darius Slayton plays through an injury, but still, they've got some offensive juice, just not much on the defensive side specifically, especially since getting rid of Janoris Jenkins. So, Eagles, with the destiny in their own hand, four and a half, over under 45 and a half. (sighs) Yeah, it'd be so much easier to just put all of our bankroll on Philly if they were just even remotely not just banged up like as much as possible so um man Daniel Jones has gotten good at balling out against bad teams he's gone for over 300 yards and four touchdowns against the Redskins Lions and Jets also had a big game against the Buccaneers problem is we see him pretty much collapse against everyone else and I know you know we saw Devontae Parker just go nuts against the Eagles we saw Dwayne Haskins really after weeks of just not doing anything all of a sudden look competent against the secondary with that said once they got Mills and Darby healthy together they've allowed 17 or fewer points in six of their last eight games I mean this Eagles defense they have enough difference makers at the line of scrimmage they can stop the run game and even if their secondary can't always hold up they at least get pressure so it's not like this is just an awful defense they have talented players at different spots just sometimes their cornerbacks get attacked. I'd be much more comfortable laying the points with the Eagles if we can get some confirmation that Darby and Mills are going to be back. I know they're not very good to begin with, but dating back to like last year too, when the Eagles really fall apart, it's when they have injuries in the secondary. At full strength, they're not really all that great to begin with, but once you take away those guys, it gets really bad. So I'm probably going to stay away if those guys are out. It's the NFC East. If there's one thing we've learned this season, it's that who the hell knows what's going on in the <laughs> NFC East. But, uh, you know, gun to my head, I do think the Eagles win this game. Maybe not by four and a half, though. So that's I, the thing. Gun to that's my head, yeah, thing. I got Giants plus four and a half. No, that's the thing. That's exactly how I feel. I th- I bet you if you're the Giants, you I mean, I think they probably love this, right? They would love to win this game. And 100%. basically, right? They are going to come in here. It's this divisional game. They like to play spoiler in this. And I, you know, it would be just so perfect, you know, indicative of what the season was if the Eagles, <laughs> both the Eagles and the Cowboys lose, you know, their final two oh, games I against the Giants. I mean, that's what would really be poetry in this point. Um for me, I mean, I agree with you, everything you're saying. Darby sounds a little worrisome to me, but, uh, you know, I am going to – I think I like the Giants with the points. I, I just – I don't think that the Eagles have enough offensive firepower to be able to take advantage of that horrible Giants defense. I mean, and we're talking how the Redskins just did it. I have more faith in the Redskins offense than the Eagles <laughs> offense right now, given all the injuries. So, I think I lean towards uh, the Giants, uh, but I, I don't feel all that uh, confident in it, frankly, but – that's around where we are. Let's move on to the Steelers at the Ravens. This is one of the games that has moved the spread by multiple points. It was Ravens two and a half. It's now Steelers laying two. The total has dropped by three and a half points. Open at forty one and a half. It's now thirty eight. Uh, the Ravens are, are they've already come out. They're marking Ingram's hurt, so he's clearly not going to play. Hopefully, he'll be back for the playoffs with this calf strain. Lamar Jackson is resting this game, so you will see RG3. Uh, the Steelers' defense remains strong, but offensively, they are terrible. Duck Hodges is going to get another start here because of Mason Rudolph's injury, but it sounds like James Conner is probably going to miss this game from last thing I read. Uh, there's no chance of them going anywhere. Even if they make the playoffs, they can get in if they win and the Titans lose. So what do you think here? I don't know how you even analyze this game. Steelers laying two and the total of 38. So the one important thing I'd also note with the rest, I mean, it was not only Lamar Jackson that's been ruled out already. It's Earl Thomas, Marshall Yanda, 
Brandon Williams and honestly, like last uh, on Sunday, Jimmy Smith and Marcus Peters were each banged up at different points and kind of had to miss certain times. This is looking like it could be a full on like first team entirely benched. Now, can Duck Hodges beat the second string Ravens <laughs> in Baltimore? I'm not really sure. So it's seems to me like a stay away. I mean, it sucks that this awesome Pittsburgh defense is kind of being wasted on a you know, just this offense and this kind of team in general. I know Mika Fitzpatrick's gotten a lot of the praise, but uh, more often than not, Joe Hayden's been awesome. Devin Bush, after a real kind of first, uh, after a rough stretch to kind of start his career, he's helped give them that sideline and sideline middle linebacker they've been missing ever since Ryan Shazier. And I think really when you have that kind of speed in the middle of your defense, it just helps kind of raise the performance of everyone else. So I would really like to know for sure who the Ravens are sitting because, you know, if we're only kind of missing those four guys, then... I think they could probably still get the job done. But to me, it sounds more like a full-on benching. And just kind of in the passing, we saw this in the – I know a completely different situation, but, you know, Panthers, Saints, like Week 17 last year, we've seen bad teams beat good teams that are resting like most of their major starters. And I think the Steelers, they're still well-coached. Their defense is anyone's idea of elite. I would take the Steelers' points, gun to my head. But kind of like the NFC East, I just don't want anything to do with the Steelers team because it's been tough to get a grip on them all season long. There's only one part of the Steelers team I want, and that's the under. And that's, you know, this game has dropped to 38. That is a low total. I don't think that's where it's stopping. I think it's going to continue <laughs> to go down. I think you're going to end it around 37. Um, yeah, I, I like that call. I, mean, I, think you're, I think you're on the spot there, actually. Right, because, it, you know, they're not going to – the defense is going to be playing – it. it you know, it's not going to be all backups and they're going to be, you know, formidable enough and they're at home. They're not, you know, and, and, uh, Dave Koken, I guess from last week talked about how John Harbaugh really hates to lose. So he's going to have them playing hard. I, I, it's hard to see the Steelers really being able to move the ball. Well, and if you've got RG three out there for, uh, the Ravens, it's hard to see them moving the ball against the Steelers. So I'll take the under, I'll enjoy a 10, three win by one of the teams. And then I'll move on from there. That's, That's an awesome point about Harbaugh. I forgot about his, you know, just always amazing preseason record. That- Correct. Yes. He's like the most winningest coach. In pre- he doesn't like to lose. You know, it was a great point. Um, so certainly he's not going to just roll over here. But uh, in the end, they probably won't have enough offensive firepower to put up points on that Steelers uh, defense. So I, I'll, I'll go with the under and I'll hit it now before it drops even further. Let's move on to the Cardinals at the Rams. Rams laying seven and a half with the total at 49. We're almost certainly going to be without Kyler Murray here, I think. I mean, there was some optimism on this hamstring injury. man. You it, think he's going to play? Cliff Kingsbury saying, like, if he's healthy enough to play, he's going to play. And then reports come out that the MRI showed nothing significant. It's just yeah. a regular minor hamstring pull. I have no idea why you play. Like, it doesn't make sense, and he probably won't be at 100% if he does. But I, to me, it sounds like legit questionable. That's all okay. I'm saying. I think that that's fair. Yeah, he's certainly not in any way ruled out at this point. But again, you know, he was battling hamstring injury a couple of weeks ago. It really seems yeah. pretty dumb to mess with a soft tissue injury at this point. Although, God forbid something happened, he'd have plenty of time to recover before next season. Um, so, you know, you have to take that into account. If not, it's going to be Brett Hundley, uh, who's capable of running the same type of offense, just not nearly as uh, effectively. Meanwhile, the Rams, they nearly pull one out against the 49ers. They're going to miss the playoffs, though. It's really just about pride. So how do you feel here? Rams at home link, 7.5 with the total of 49 with the understanding that it's a bit uncertain with Kyler Murray. I was about to say 49 just seems too high with 
A, the whole Kyler situation. I mean, yeah, Brett Hundley, he's it's kind of like the Ravens. You know, RG3 can step in and run the same offense as Lamar. They don't need to completely change styles. But with that said, I think we're also seeing a fairly big drop-off in talent like we would also see in Baltimore uh, here in Arizona. So I think under 49, uh, yeah, the Rams offense, I thought they were kind of turning around. They looked great against the Cardinals when they played the first time, Seahawks. And then, you know, they had that Cowboys uh, before actually being competitive again next week uh, or, or last week against the 49ers. So I, I feel better about the Cardinals plus seven and a half if uh, we had you know, more of an assurance on Kyler's health. But kind of seeing how that game went the first time around, two bad teams. I don't know that we see both offenses like put together a great performance. I like the under here. Yeah, I don't want any piece of this. <laughs> I honestly, I, I <laughs> feel enough. like there are so many teams that I feel like I don't have a read on the Cowboys. We've talked, you know, who, who knows what, you know, the bucks were like that for most of the season. The Titans were like that for a lot of the season before they switched to 10 L the Rams are a team. I don't have a read on. I, I just don't know what I'm going to get any, any game uh, from one to the next. I, you know, I, I, I it depends. I mean, even if Murray plays, I can't imagine it's going to be that effective. So I, you know, I guess I, I think you make good points there, but for me, just a stay away game. I think let's move on to the Raiders at the Broncos Broncos laying three and a half with a total of 41 Raiders are halfway home to the 10 leg parlay or whatever they had to try to make the playoffs. They win this game. The Titans, the Steelers and the Jaguars all lose. They will get in as the sixth seed. That is, you know, seems unlikely, but not crazy unlikely at this point. When you look at those games, <laughs> the Broncos, not a pushover though. They continue to play hard. Drew Locke has not been great, but he's done enough. The Broncos defense continues to play pretty well. So how do you feel here about the Broncos at home length three and a half with a total of 41? I've been pretty presently surprised at what Drew Locke's done. I mean, look, he had the dud and arrowhead, but that was kind of a weird snow game. They weren't even able to run the ball. I think that was just kind of a – he wasn't going to look good in that situation really no matter what. So if you remove that, yeah, you know, looking pretty good against the Chargers, Texans, and Lions. If you remove the Lions, at least the Chargers and Texans have – all right, they're not good defenses either, but they're not complete, you know, just – utter pushovers. So I think Drew Locke can move the ball on the Raiders defense, which is a complete and utter pushover that, you know, I thought Phil Rivers, Phil Rivers and company were going to get going last week, but just with their inability to protect them, it's been a better offense in Denver. I mean, the one thing Locke has done is shown he can enable Cortland Sutton. Uh, we saw Lindsay in that run game get going a little bit more last week. They're different teams, but you know, Raiders still playing for playoff sp- spot. They did win this game in week one, so they can move the ball. I think the over-under is a little bit low here at 41. I'm kind of liking the over here just with the Raiders. They are fighting for the playoff lives. And the Broncos, you know, with this momentum with Drew Locke, I, I don't think they're really trying to take the foot off the gas either. I mean, they're in a situation where they win this day and they can kind of feel good about the direction they're heading into the offseason. So uh, not the best to back, you know, Derek Carr and Drew Locke in a game that you hope for the <laughs> over in. But I think 41 is low enough to take that chance. Yeah, I mean, look, they just won what twenty seven seventeen, I believe, against the Lions, right? Yeah. So that would that would go over. There's no reason to expect this one to be all that different. Yeah, I agree with you here. I think the Broncos are going to win this game just because I think that that's how. I think maybe everything else falls perfectly for the Raiders to make the playoffs. Oh, they and don't they get it done themselves. Game. Yeah, that would be bad. But I, I think they win the game. But I, I'm not sure. I love them at more than the key number of three. I mean, I expect it to be probably a tight game. But I agree with you. I think they're both going to be able to put up points. The Broncos surely are because the Raiders' defense is really not good. And as 
you know, the Broncos continue to play tough. They've been dealing with some injuries on the defense side of the ball, and the Raiders' offense is competent. You might see Josh Jacobs in this game. I mean, he's, you know, Gruden came out today and said he might play, but DeAndre Washington is a perfectly capable fill-in running back. So I do think that there are going to be points. So I like the call. I like over uh, at 41, and the spread I'm probably staying away from. If anything, I lean a little bit towards the Broncos. Let's move on here to the Titans at the Texans. Titans now are laying five with a total of 45 and a half. Pretty simple for the Titans. This is a playoff game. If they win, they are in. If they lose, they need some help. Uh, you can probably expect Derrick Henry to be back here. That was probably more about them managing, knowing that they would need to win this game. Meanwhile, the Texans are in, uh, but Bill O'Brien has suggested that the team is going to play their starters, although it's a little ambiguous. You know, they want to win every game. I'm not sure exactly what that means. They would be wise to probably rest Deshaun Watson since he was getting his butt kicked uh, by the Bucks and getting hit a lot. The best they could do is the three seed. They can't get the bye, so it's really between the three and the four seed. So how do you feel here, Texan, uh, Titans on the road laying five with a total of 45 and a half? Yeah, please rest Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, you know, you were talking earlier about like how the Bills should rest Josh Allen. And when we're talking about these types of quarterbacks, too, that are running around more often, you know, I don't think that just because you're a scrambling quarterback, you're necessarily more prone to injury. I mean, I think those quarterbacks are kind of able to be be more athletic and kind of avoid those big shots, make dudes miss, get out of bounds. Like, you don't just want to be a statue in the pocket getting teed off on either. So I think that's a little bit of a, of a misnomer sometimes. With that said, I mean, Deshaun Watson, he makes magic happen sometimes. He also takes some bad sacks sometimes because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't give up on plays, which is awesome when it works out. But, you know, just it's too many times he's trying to throw the ball with guys around his legs. And if there's ever a quarterback that let's just take him off the field, let's go into the playoffs healthy with him, I think it's Deshaun Watson. And he is the only reason why I would back the Texans in this game because I think the Titans have better position groups pretty much across the board. You know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, is, is better than A.J. Brown, which people might be trying to debate after this last month <laughs> or so. I don't know. But, yeah. uh, you know, in general, just line play. I think overall talent across the board. I think the Titans are better than the Texans. Three and a half is a little bit high, but uh, – no, now it's all the way up to five, man. It's oh, moved. wow. It's so up to five. Like, yeah, I wrote down up. three and a half a couple hours ago. It was, that's exactly right. It's moved all the way up to five. Wow. Uh, yeah. So people let me must tell just you, be assuming that they're going to be sitting the starters in. And I honestly, I think that that is yeah. the safe assumption. I mean, I, again, O'Brien came out. Said he wasn't going to do it, and and or he, he was vague about it, which is thing. By the way, there are a couple injuries which I guess we should mention. Fuller's out for this game. Will Fuller, who left uh, with a groin injury, he's definitely yeah, out for this game. Which again, that's that's, that's that's huge. It takes away the field stretcher. That really kind of hurts uh, their offense a little bit. And Corey Davis is in the concussion protocol, I believe, so he may miss the game. He's obviously not a huge part of the passing game at this point, but his presence means something. I think for me, what's going to happen is they're going to talk about it like Deshaun Watson is playing coming into the game and then the day before maybe two days before you're going to hear that he is going to be benched it would be ridiculous to play him in this game absolutely ridiculous it doesn't matter if you're the third or the fourth seed he's a guy who like you said his big thing is he hangs in that pocket so he yes. gets hit a ton. you saw me was limping around uh against the bucks after getting hit a bunch of times so i think in the end they're going to be smart about it, and they're going to wind up uh, sitting, I, I think, Watson. It's hard. Sometimes in these games, you feel like the coach is like, well, I owe it you know, to the Steelers. I'd want somebody to do it you know, to, to put our guys out there. But in the end, the other thing is that if the Titans jump to a lead, a little bit of a lead, you can see them then pulling Watson, right? Or if he takes a shot, you can see them saying, okay, we're going to be careful here and pull him at this game. So for me, even at five, I'm getting in. I think the number is actually going to continue to rise at this point. So if you like the Titans like I do, I jump in on it now. 
Let's move on to our final game. 49ers at the Seahawks. 49ers laying three and a half with the total at 47. Chris Carson down with a fractured hip. CJ Procise down with a broken arm. So it looks like it actually might be time for Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> there is optimism that he is coming back. Uh, I love it. I love it. Make the spread Seahawks minus, you know, 17 because they're not going to be able to lose that game if Lynch comes back. There is a ton on the line here. The 49ers win and they are the number one seed while the Seahawks would likely be the fifth seed, possibly the sixth if they lose. Meanwhile, if the Seahawks win, they win the division and the possibility of the two seed, but it depends. There's just a ton up in the air here. So how do you feel about the 49ers laying three and a half with the total of 47 in Seattle? I kind of like Seattle. It has nothing to do with Marshawn Lynch, but I just look What's been the biggest problem with the Seattle offense kind of all year? The issue has been when they just refuse to pass. They take the game out of Russell Wilson's hands. Carson, more often than not, was good. But come on, like eight, nine fumbles, wherever he's had this year. Certainly hasn't helped his cause for the entire season uh, as far as that's concerned. They should be getting uh, Jadavian Clowney back. Hopefully Shaquille Griffin, who is easily their best cornerback in a secondary that has otherwise been been pretty, pretty putrid all season. I think it's a close game. We saw them play very close. It's, you know, winner gets the division. To be over that key number on a team that's home and has clearly the better starting quarterback, I, I-, I lean towards Seattle. Yeah, I did initially when I looked at it, okay? I looked okay, at it and okay. I'm like, okay, well, here's the one thing, okay? This game against Arizona, this clearly struck me as something where the Seahawks were just completely looking past it, right? They knew that this was the game that was coming on. So the fact that they played so poorly uh, overall, I'm willing to throw out, and they are going to get healthier on the defensive side. This is just tough. It's a really tough game. I I, hmm, I don't want to back either team at this point because I agree. It was The look ahead was three. At that point, it wasn't you know really that enticing either way. At three and a half. I kind of agree that the Seahawks yeah. like the play at this point, um, but I just it feels like the 49ers at this point are just a more complete team overall. The Seahawks all year have not been as good as their record has been. Of course, it's been mostly Russell Wilson finding ways that win a ton of close games. So I don't really have a good feel for it, honestly. I you know I like that you're a little more confident in the Seahawks than I am, but you know I could see the 49ers just you know being the spear team and coming in here. And winning it, but again, with more than three points, basically, I'm just basically saying I like kind of don't like this side, but I kind of don't like this side, and that's where I'm kind of leaving it. So, in the end, all right, you're going to get in there on the three and a half. And uh, frankly, I think the number is going to continue to move up. I think the sharp betters are liking the 49ers here. Um, they've been fading the Seahawks a lot during the season, and again, the Seahawks have, have won a ton of close games. I think they've won by more than eight points just one time this entire season. So, all right, you're going to take uh, the three and a half. Any feelings on the total, by the way, at 47? I kind of like the under a little bit, just the more we think about it. I'm just, you know, uh, I think historically the second uh, game between division opponents, you know, they, 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 we have seen lower scores in those games, you know, the second time we're running into that offense. And it's healthier Seattle defense. Obviously, we know about the 49ers defense, which is also, uh, I mean, it was good to see them get Richard Sherman, Kwon Williams uh, back last week. I think the Falcons dud they have was just kind of more due to having five defensive starters out than anything. I, I can see the under going here and just, you know, a hotly contested, you know, kind of throwback. Mid two th- mid twenty tens forty nine ers Seahawks clash. Yeah, I like it. I think it's going to be hard because you know the Seahawks like to as much as you know they probably do better just to turn it over to Russell Wilson. They like to run the ball a lot. As good as fun as it will be to see Marshawn Lynch back in Seattle, they're not going to be able to do it as effectively as they were able to do when they had both Penny and Carson. So I think that leads to lower points. So I'm inclined to agree with you on the over under with the spread. Oh, I'm just staying away and I'm just going to you know enjoy watching the game. 
from a Love pure <laughs> football perspective. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Ian, thanks for joining me. Remind everybody where they can find more of you and your work. Yeah, thanks, man. It's fun. Uh, find me on Twitter at iHartitz, I-H-A-R-T-I-T-Z, uh, NFL analyst over at Roto World. I'll uh, tweet out all my stuff. Throughout the week, plenty of stuff on the way. I know the season-long fantasy football is over, but the grind never stops throughout the offseason. So this is fun, man. Yeah, it was great. I uh, hope we can do it again. Thanks again to the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. Remember to download the BetMGM Sports app and use the promo code HARRIS to get your risk-free first wager of up to $500. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com for your chance to win a signed Michael Thomas helmet. We will be back later this week giving some of our best bets for Week 17. I'll talk to you then. 